This is the Real Strong People podcast, the show where extraordinary people peel back the layers of their lives to get real about their true stories of finding strength and meaning. But it's not just about inspirational stories. Every episode, we share real, actionable advice for becoming physically and mentally stronger in your own life. As a reminder, statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm your host, Dana Santis, pro sports breathing mobility and mind-body coach known as the Mobility Maker. So I'm really excited today to have my friend Brandon Lilly on the show. Brandon is probably best known as a powerlifting champion. However, after suffering an injury, he turned to coaching and fully committed himself to helping athletes, military operators, veterans, and pretty much everyone he encounters discover their highest potential to perform in their careers and lives. He's the creator of the Cube Method training philosophy and book. As a coach, he's worked with many elite populations and including university teams, pro teams, and special operations. In addition to his coaching, Brandon also works for Sorenex Exercise Equipment in both education and marketing capacities. Brandon has been a friend for at least six or seven years now. I didn't really know him during his powerlifting career, so you might think I didn't know him at his strongest. However, that couldn't be further from the truth, as I've had the privilege to forge a bond with Brandon during his transformation from powerlifter to even stronger, more extraordinary human. And I am so excited to introduce you all to my friend. But before we dive in with Brandon, I need to give a shout out to the show's primary sponsor, Thorne, the makers of science-based health and wellness solutions. They make the only supplements I take and they've literally changed my life and my health. To learn how you can save 20% on Thorne supplements, check out the show notes or visit mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorne. So Brandon, thanks so much for coming on the show. You were at the top of my list when I started this podcast. So this is really special for me. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate the introduction. It's kind of nice to hear some of those things. And like I was telling Bert uh, not too long ago, it's nice that parts of my story that were once a sad place, you know, and I was kind of still within those parameters of sadness or trying to get over things and forgive myself and whatnot to hear them and not immediately feel bad about those things. You know, for me, I just realized that I was not a human that intended to, to ride any of the roller coasters that I rode, but just through simple choices and navigating life and, and really just having a desire to, to be better. I found myself in situations I never planned on being in. And that's the case for most people. So I don't necessarily try to prescribe to the idea that I understand everyone, but I can relate through my own failures, through my own story that, you know, like you said, I have a goal of helping anyone in any place that they are by helping them first establish where they are and then, you know, build a plan moving forward. Yeah. I, when, when I was trying to come up with what to say about you for the introduction, it was, it, I, I couldn't just say that you were helping people perform in their careers. It, it's in their lives. I mean, anyone who follows you on Instagram would know that you care about the whole person. And I, like I also said, I, I've truly like had this privilege of, of watching you transform. I mean, I really didn't know Brandon Lilly, the power lifter. I, there were just kind of remnants of, of that person when I met you, but it, it's been an extraordinary experience for me, just knowing you and also being able to go through my own transformation at the same time. You know, there, I mean, we're all human. We're all going through this human experience, but I feel like I've learned and grown so much just during the time that we've known each other and been able to share that with one another. And also, I, I did want to say, I looked up, because um, I didn't realize when your birthday was, and mm -hmm. not that I'm really big into astrology, but uh, we're both Pisces, and that yeah. seemed to make sense uh, based on some of the conversations that we've had. Well, you know, to give you credit and to, to you know, maybe hopefully validate you to a listener that's on the fence, like, I don't know this woman or I've never heard of this woman before, but they somehow find your podcast and they're interested in what's going on. I mean, you remember very clearly, I'm sure when I was down in Tampa and I got to hang with you guys, see your place. And we were talking in the kitchen and it was just like, it was your kindness that really 
was one of those pieces of the puzzle that, that helped me kind of just keep going, you know, and, and I'm sure you remember that it was a very emotional discussion. It was a very honest discussion about a lot of aspects of my life. And I think as a man, having a female that was, you know, either non-threatening or non-part of the chase, like you were truly in a friend role, you know, you were, you were just there to help support, listen, be whatever. And I, at the time definitely needed a female perspective on myself, like, because I'm this guy that is, really just lived this, this model of what I thought a man should be. And I was bouncing ideas off of you telling my story and like from a person to person situation to hear that, like, I don't understand it, but like, I understand it. You know, that was so important to me in, in that moment. And I, I think that's why the discussion happened. I think it was intended that I was to be there and, and you just picked up the ball and ran with it. And I never, ever forgot that. I never forgot how that made me feel. I know that's kind of a cliche thing, but it's, it, it truly is something that up until that point, you were Dana Santos. And then after that point, you were like, you'd really just crossed this threshold into an investor in my life because it was, it was parameter building for myself, like relearning how to calibrate myself forward and having people like Bert Soren or having people like a Derek Woodski or an Aaron Osmus or, or even yourself, you know, like all these people were invested in me kind of helping me get my way back on the, you know, on the straight and narrow. So that was also something that I wanted to, to share with your listeners to let people know it's not always what they see on the screen. There's a lot of work behind the person behind the scenes as well. So I appreciate you for that. I will certainly never forget it. And then you got a friend for life. So. <laughs> wow. Well, that's really humbling, Brandon. I, I mean, great. Thanks for making me speechless on my podcast, damn it. <laughs> um, no, we've talked about that conversation before, um, and we've had we've had many impactful conversations since then. Definitely impactful um, for my life personally, uh, and I just appreciate them. But you, you, you actually just opened the door to one of the things that I, I like to talk about on the podcast, which is the perception that we have, like what, what people see of me on social media, they don't necessarily know who I am. So how about with you? Because I, I feel like you really do your best to put out an authentic perception of who you are to give an idea of who you are. But do you still encounter people who see you in the, you know, the first way that they encountered you as, as Brandon Lilly, the, the power lifter and not recognizing the evolution? Less and less. You know, I think now it's 2021, uh, January 26th of 2014 was literally that morning I was ranked on top of the powerlifting's world in my division and uh, was doing very well and had no idea that on January 27th, I would be undergoing a double, double knee surgery. So my rise took a long time, but my fall was immediate. And I think that threw me into a lot of, like I said, a lot of the whirlwind and recalibration that was needed and all this other stuff, because I had built myself around the idea that I was Brandon, the powerlifter. You know, I started to believe a little bit of my own, my own music a little bit too much there, but I, I did lose sense of self, you know, because I didn't, I didn't nurture the values that there the interests or the things that I was curious about. I only kept filling the cup of the thing that made people like me. And I put like me as in quotation marks. They liked what I could do on a performance level, or they liked that you know, I had a, I was heavily tattooed and that made them feel a little more normal or, you know, they were really strong people when they, they cared about reading or, or sharing their feelings or things like that. So I was all over the place, but I really kind of dried up some of the things that make me, me and started to evolve more towards what people told me they wanted me to be. And I think with an Instagram, if you look back, I didn't, I've never deleted a post. I've, I've kind of left everything that I've ever put out there, out there. I, I probably deleted one or two, but I can't, we can't recall anything in, in particular. So it's like, I don't want to make that statement. And then somebody would be like, yeah, bro, but, but. Right. But, oh, you know, they would. But, well, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, but in honesty, you know, you can kind of see that I've made, I've made false starts and, and missed starts and backfalls and all kinds of things in this process, because a couple things occurred to me through this transition phase of just being a high level athlete, somebody who was respected as a high level coach to someone who, you know, realized, man, I was a good athlete in spite of myself and I'm not quite the coach that I think I am. So I had to step back in those roles as well. 
And I think when people look at me and they see me and they perceive me in one way, I'm a very intense person. I'm a highly competitive person, but just like somebody who, who understands that those traits can be valuable. I also understand that those traits in my life, in my brain, in my past have been destructive. So I have to figure out how to get the most juice for the squeeze without overdoing it and crushing my own hand in the process. And I think for me, one of the perceptions that I, that I get the most that is inaccurate right now is that I haven't figured out. People think that I am somehow on the other side of this mountain. I can promise you that the majority, I won't say all, but the majority of my posts now, the language within those posts, I might change it to we, but it is definitely an I. It is, I need to do this, I need to hear this, or I need to say this. And then I try to frame it in such a way that it is not a commandment. It's not a do as I do or do as I say. It is look at the, the outline of what I'm doing. You know, like I've gotten heavily into jujitsu. I don't encourage everyone to go out and do jujitsu. I encourage everyone to find an activity that is a physical challenge. I don't encourage everybody to go read the book that I'm reading right now, even though I might share it. The idea is they see me reading a book and they can find a book of their own. I don't care what people are doing within their life. The one thing that I can tell you is that humans need to move. Humans need to be active. Humans need to consume the right kinds of things, whether it's food, whether it's information, whether it's people. And I think a lot of times life sets us up. So there is such a volume that we go to the bright lights and the pretty things and the fun things, but we miss a lot of the, the stuff that we really need to be doing. And that's a perfect example of that is just this weekend I spent with uh, Greg at Wolf Brigade and like we were doing some exercises and I could. I could hide some of my weaknesses by using momentum or, you know, using techniques that I've learned years and years and years. But when he would put me in a vulnerable position, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. And I'm not, I'm really not even strong at all. And I think that's what happens in life is we get on this path where we're either making a certain amount of money, we're getting a certain amount of recognition or people are respecting what we're doing. So we water that plant a little more than the stuff that got us there. It's kind of like we forgot that we did all this other foundation work to get to this level. And maybe we don't tend to that as much as we do what, what's coming down the pipeline six months from now. And that's what you always hear. That's what's kind of forced down your throat is you got to plan big. You got to have a five-year plan. You got to have this. You got to have that. Sometimes the best way forward is just to go back and make sure the lights are off and the doors are locked. You know, sometimes you just have to do the fundamental stuff. And I think that's what people misjudge about me most now is I, I am still a train wreck, like up in my head, you know, I, I really have to do a lot of combative work on that because I'm hyper aggressive. I can be, you know, I can be mean and nasty sometimes in my head, but there's a barrier between my head and my mouth. And that is reason. And a lot of times I just have to slow myself down some and do these things. And I am relentlessly positive. I like the quote, let's see, my positivity wears loud and heavy boots, you know, and it's like, that's me. But those loud and heavy boots used to march to a different drum, too. You know, I had to kind of milk that negativity or that pain center to get under a 700 pound squatter and 800 pound squatter. And, not, you know, you, they don't find a lot of happy, happy people doing those kind of extreme things. So I was very good at having coaches that you can do better than this. You can push yourself. So I adopted that same mentality to the point that I broke. And now I'm in the business of, of healing myself and sharing that process in the hope that maybe I don't tell people exactly the path that they need to find, but I get them thinking about a better way of living. You know, that's my goal. Well, that's a fantastic goal. Uh, I don't think anyone could argue that. And, and I'm so glad that you made a point to reinforce that. Yeah, you don't have it figured out. I, I, I think, you know, uh, especially with on social media with us posting, you know, highlight reels and just snippets of our lives. And um, and the other thing that I loved that you said was how you post things that you need to hear. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't mean that you don't already know this. I know so many times when I do a post about something, it's something that, um, yes, I, I do know this but I needed a reminder about this for sure. And if I needed a reminder, I know that a whole lot of other people need a reminder. And absolutely, it's not preaching, you know? And, and sometimes I want, when someone comments and they put the hands up and they say preach, I wanna correct them, but you know, I, I don't, but I, 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 sometimes I don't like those comments just because I don't yeah. wanna reinforce it. I'm not, I'm not preaching, I'm, I'm sharing. That's what I'm yeah. doing. 
you know, the toughest, the toughest thing that I find on Instagram is in, in the world that we live in. And I find this to be one of my biggest conundrums currently. Okay. Is, you know, in a space and time where we can be misconstrued or misunderstood and taken out of context very, very easily. It's been an effort of mine, a conscious, and I think even subconscious sometimes to make sure that I explain in detail what I'm thinking and where that's good is that hopefully people get the message. People understand where I'm coming from and there's no confusion, but what happens with when there's no confusion or when people perceive that I am so commanding of the information, they don't say anything back. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's a little better and, and not saying that I do this. I'm, I'm saying this to you in hopes that I figure out how to do it or you tell me how to do it. But I see people who take these posts or these stances on things that like, I've got hardline feelings on them, but I'm willing to listen, engage and possibly change my opinion based on new information. So I'm not willing to put like a stake in the ground on a lot of topics, not because I don't have strong feelings, but sometimes I just don't know enough about it to really make a claim like that. And sometimes I just don't think it's really important for everybody to know my opinion on things, but what it leaves sometimes in my attempt to convey what I'm feeling is that it shuts the door to a conversation because it's like, well, there's case and point. He made a point, you know, instead of, I want people to pour into me. I want people to ask questions. I want people to feel dumb and help me say, well, I felt dumb too before I read this, or I felt like I didn't know shit about this until I saw this YouTube video. I love the sharing of information. And it really, really is important to me now because it's like, we do have more access to information than ever. There is more information being put out than ever, but it's going to take a very, very discerning eye to find the valuable information within all of that. You know, it's like when you go hunting or fishing and you catch the prize fish or you get the trophy animal, you probably passed on a lot of other really fantastic animals to get the, the one that you wanted. That's the way our information works too, is like, how far do you will, are you willing to go to find out the truth at a level that is satisfying for your needs? Because I certainly know I'm starting to avoid a lot of the, the information in some ways because it's just ping pong you know, depending on who wrote the article or the news source that put it out. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting time for information. So if I can disseminate valuable information or information that I can say, I've vetted this as much as I possibly know how, that's the kind of stuff I want people to get their hands on. Because if anybody, like if you send me something, like you sent me your breathing video from CNN, great, by the way, I've seen it. I've seen your stuff and I love your stuff. But if somebody didn't know that and they were like, oh, that's CNN and they just dismissed the information because of that, well, they missed the boat. So we got to be we got to be careful here. And I, I think we need people like you and and hopefully the, the kind of stuff that I do that that lead people around some of the confusion. Not that I'm better or worse, but like this is something that I enjoy doing. So I want to share those things. And I think you're much the same way. If you can help somebody get a little more perspective on something or gain a better idea about how to move or breathe or strength build. I mean, any little thing. I was talking to somebody the other day. Like if I could share a playlist that when people listen to it, they enjoyed cooking more, they might not even like cooking, but the playlist puts them in a mindset where they can actually enjoy cooking or whatever it is. Like I'm always looking for little ways to share things that make my day better, you know, and, and hoping that people can understand that I'm always looking for those things because I need those things. It's not like I'm just this endless source of perfection and happy and positive. I need those things myself because there's some days when I don't want to follow my diet. I want to go get the $5 hot and ready little pizza or little Caesars pizza, you know, but putting on that music is like, okay, you're cooking a, a wonderful set of tacos. We got some Spanish guitar on the, on the thing here, set the mood, stick with it, stick to the program. And that's what I need. I just, I keep saying parameters, but like, I think about so many things in my life as, as bowling bumpers, like, I'll get there. I just need people and things and all kinds of help to, to kind of keep me on that, on that level. But in the past five, six, seven years, since my injury, I've clung to people that poured into me and I, I've, I've invested, you know, in trying to help their lives get better. And it, it works. The load's a lot easier when you got 10 people lifting, you know, and, and when those same 10 people are giving back to each other, and sometimes there's peripheral people that come into the mix too. It just, Life is a lot better, I think, when when people are working together, loving each other, instead of trying to say, I'm the best, I'm the king, I'm doing this thing over here. And nothing wrong with being the king, but you don't have to be an asshole in the process either. That or is, queen. 
or queen queen. well and i mean you've literally felt what it's like to be the king at least you know in one aspect of your life and and there's so much credence to what you're saying because i mean you've lived that and then you've chosen to live a a different way um i mean in in part you weren't given a choice as you know through your example you, you said one day you're the king and then the next day it's gone but yeah there were so many things that you said that i really loved i love your analogies i always have but the bowling bumpers that's a new one you i haven't heard you say that before and on that note what I did want you to explain for people who don't yet follow you on Instagram, but absolutely should, and you, the link to your Instagram is, is going to be in the show notes. Can you explain the concept of plus one that you have on Instagram often? The plus one mentality for me really evolved from an, an understanding that I had, I really had to get to a, a point to where I, I could grasp the mistakes that I had made in my life. The fact that my injury, you said, it wasn't a choice. In some ways it was because I made a series of poor choices leading up to the competition in which I got hurt right up until the point where I had had an opening attempt that felt a little heavier than in the past. So I widened my feet on competition day for my next set, already nursing a banged up groin that was somewhat healed. That wasn't really showing any problems, but when you open your, your legs a foot width, you know, who knows how much that was a correlation, but I was changing things. I was making choices along the way. And I think that it was the beginning, you know, true meritocracy was sought within me. Like I didn't know what, I didn't know that word. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I knew that I was looking for a reason that my life was not where I wanted it to be. The reason that I was not the man that I wanted to be, the friend that I wanted to be, the son that I wanted to be. So if a thousand bad choices put me in that hole, it was going to take a thousand and one to get me out. Just looking at each decision as an inch or a foot or a mile, whatever I had done to put myself in that hole, however deep it was, it was going to take a series of positive choices to get myself out. And the reason I looked at a plus one and a minus one, and I don't want to argue with any philosophy majors out there because there is some, there is some room for, there is some wiggle room here. But in, in reality, I don't believe that we stay static. You know, we either get a day older or we get a, a day better or whatever it is. So the idea of I want to have better days came to I want to have better hours and better minutes and better moments and better choices. So I started looking at everything. Like if I walk past a lady here, I'm sitting outside a, a strip mall here where there's a grocery store and some other things. If I walk past an old lady and I'm a big bald dude with tattoos everywhere, her perception of big bald dude with tattoos or whatever, I leave her with that impression. So it's my job to make it easier for the next guy coming down the way to say, hey, how are you, ma'am? Excuse me, can I get your cart? May I open the door for you? Things like that. Can I help you with your groceries? It sounds silly, but I have yet to have a person respond negatively. They may not respond in kind, but they don't respond like, get the hell away from me. You know, why are you, why are you trying to be nice to me? You know, I haven't had that happen. So another one is that a lot of people don't think of like going into a restaurant right now, I'm on a calorie restriction. I'm doing some, some personal goal stuff there. So I have a very set diet that I'm following um, as far as, again, parameters. And when I go into a restaurant, if I open this big, beautiful, colorful menu with the bacon cheeseburger, with the egg and avocado and the sauce on top, that starts looking more appealing than the eight ounce steak and the baked potato and the broccoli that I need to have. So what I do is instead of having a a potential negative one by opening the, the menu and ordering the wrong thing, I just tell the waiter or waitress whatever I want, because that's ultimately what I need to get to the point of where I want to be. So I just plus one that situation rather than opening the door to vulnerabilities or possibilities or weakness. I did not even open the door. I just kept right down the hallway going exactly where I needed to go. Plus one, that decision. And then I stacked plus ones. Okay. Everybody's buying around a beer here. Well, that's great in six weeks, but right now on my calorie restriction, it's a plus one to not have that beer. It's, it's a, and what happens slowly is just like the moment, you know, we always hear, well, bad things happen in clusters. Well, good things start to happen in clusters too. And if you can, and I really abide by the idea of making your bed as your first victory. Okay. I even go further than that. I try to think of five things from the day before that were good, that were unexpected, that were that were insignificant to anyone else, but I value them. I appreciate them. The second thing I try to do every single day, not necessarily before I get out of bed, but every single day is I try to learn something new, whether that's an article, whether that is a video on YouTube, or it's watching a documentary, or it's it's literally just watching a bird that I've never seen before pluck worms or, or eat seeds. 
and then looking up, hey, I'm in Florida, redheaded bird with black wings and a yellow whatever, you know, and then you find out something small and new, but that's some that's better. Like you did not know that thing yesterday, you know, and then the last thing is to help a total stranger for no reason other than to help a total stranger. And I think if you start doing those three things, like if you value the little moments, if you learn and you help someone else with no hope of return, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a lot of help in return. You're going to gain a lot of perspective and knowledge on things that you didn't expect to deal to, to think about. And when you really get something great that happens, you're so appreciative for the small stuff that the big stuff just seems like, how did this happen to me? Like, but it did happen to you because you started paying attention to the things that matter more. You started paying attention to the little things. So you're not always saying my life sucks. I need to chase these other ideas or these other things because you're putting value in the fact that, man, my AC got charged while I was gone and it is blowing cold today. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting here in this truck with colder AC than when I left. That's silly. I've had a lot of days where I've sat in this truck and sweat my ass off too. So I am, I am grateful for it. And, and you know, that's what I look for is I search for those positives. I look for any way that I can, I can smell a bad decision coming, but I make the right one, you know, and I tell myself I make the right one. I write it down in my journal. You plus one this today. Like you wanted to have a beer. You didn't have a beer. Like Six weeks from now, I won't even care if I have a beer, maybe have three beers. But right now I've told myself the plan is this, and that's what I'm executing. I couldn't have done that seven years ago because I didn't believe I could follow that. But knowing that, okay, today, yeah, I had a couple of these and a couple of that, but I did 10 really good things and I won by one point. So today was a win. And I started stacking weeks that were winners. Maybe it was four and three, maybe it was five and two, never seven. But now that we're here, now that I'm in a place where I trust myself, I know myself a little better. I know the places to avoid, the foods to avoid. You know, you start to build trust in yourself again. And it's a long, 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 hard process. And you will fail. You will make mistakes. That's why I, I hate 10 week stuff. I hate 12 week stuff because you're telling yourself, yeah, I, and I'm talking about six weeks too, but there's, there's a point to that six weeks. I'm not going to just, okay, diet's over back to cheeseburgers and pizza every night. Like, no, that's just a period within the longer series of the chapter. And I just keep evolving the series of, of you know, paragraphs, the chapters and so on. So that when you look at the story of my life, yeah, there's a lot of tragedy in there. But once he found the right way to go, like there was no turning back because I'm asking if, if you want to make a million dollars and I could prove to you that everything you were doing right now was taking you away from a million dollars. And then I told you the secret of how to make a million dollars. Well, eventually you're going to get the memo and be like, well, shit, if I just do these 10 things every day, I'm going to get a million dollars. And that's what happened with my life. When I do these things, when I'm aware of these ideas and thoughts and feelings that I have, I can control them. And then my life gets better. It's just like, Hey man, I'd love to go hit somebody right in the mouth. Like if you're having that feeling, what's, what's the plus side of that? Like you're going to feel good hitting a guy in the mouth until the cops come or until his brother comes back with a crowbar or whatever it is. Like you have to think bigger than the first ripple. And I think we're just taught so many times to think about first ripple ideas. Like this solves my problem. So problem solved until the second ripple comes and that's a tidal wave. You know what I mean? So I try to, I try to avoid those secondary pitfalls. I try to avoid feeling good right now and paying for it tomorrow. That's just all the little ways that I can do a plus one, whether it's meeting somebody new, calling an old friend and saying, I'm sorry, or calling somebody and telling them I love them doing this podcast with you. Like I will be better and happier today because of this conversation. So I stopped doing things that took me away from that. Even if it was like, yeah, like the other day you had that pop up and it was better for you that you took the opportunity. than we had the conversation that day. Like I applaud you for that. And I know that I've done the same thing to you where when I called you that time when we were going to podcast and it was just 700 things hit at once, I had to say, you know what, let's just do this another time. It's just not right. And listening to that voice has never led me wrong. But when I try to quiet what I want to do in a way that is like, I could do the podcast. It's not going to make me worse for doing the podcast. But I said what I felt. Now, the other side of that coin is like, I want to go down to the bar and drink with the guys. Okay. You have to listen to that voice and, and start weighing things out. But when you start to trust your judgment on your own feelings, then you're really in control because now you're making decisions from a place of what does this get me to? Not was, what is this going to get me? You know, where does it take me from here? All those answers are, are, are individual. But for me, when I'm asking questions and I'm taking stock of where I am, what I'm thinking and what I'm doing, life gets a lot better for me. Just being a, just being an idle passenger and think life is happening to me. I'm not very good in that role. 
yeah, I, I think most of us aren't, but we don't realize, right? We don't, we, when, we're, when life is just happening to us, um, we feel like we have no control and uh, we don't know what we don't know. So right. um, I, I want to go back because you explained something really well that you had kind of dropped this earlier, which was such a great point, but then you just really expanded on it, which was you think a lot of things that might be negative, but then the barrier to those things coming out of your mouth is reason. And, and I thought that in, in and of itself was, was pretty profound, but then you were just talking through how now it's not just words, it's action. Um, so think bigger than the first ripple. The thing that's causing you to think bigger than the first ripple is that reason that, that, so it's, it's, it's a barrier to action, Mm -hmm. just stopping you and, and, you know, thinking this through, thinking about what the second ripple could be and and making the right choice. The same thing with plus one or minus one, you know, looking at these things. And, And I think that's, that's huge if we could all just have that you know you call it reason um some of us call it like having pause but it's the Mm -hmm. it's the same and we all have the capacity for that certainly yeah it's just another one of those things that we have we need a constant reminder and then you really you brought up again another one of um these actionable ways that we can have a constant reminder is journaling Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that gives you the constant reminder of this above and beyond, you know, the Instagram posts. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing about journaling and the best way that I try to, you know, I don't try to sell anybody on anything, but I try to convince people to give it a second look just from a different out. You know, I think a lot of people when they say journal or I share a journal that's like very wordy and very emoted, like I, I put a lot into that. I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that's what journaling is. Journaling can literally be free flow drawing. It can be scribbling. It can be anything you want it to be. And when people say, I don't know how to journal, I say the best thing you can do is just be a record taker in the beginning. What did I eat for breakfast? What time did I wake up in the morning? What time? And just get the process of making the pen flow to paper, commit to one page. I mean, we're adults here. This is one page. If you don't, if you're not doing enough to fill a page in a day, that's probably solution number one, get more active, you know? But the second thing is if you're not remembering the things that you're doing to a point that you can translate them, maybe you're so disconnected. That's the problem in and of itself. But for me, if I say, Hey, you're going to come to my house and here's the directions. And I just rattle them off to you verbally. How much do you retain? You're like, okay, I know I can get to Kentucky, but from there it gets a little hairy. Right. And that's what happens to most of us in the process. We're like, Oh, I got this. So we start out on the journey and then it's 50 left turns that we, we didn't know which one to take. So writing that thing down, if you keep coming over the same stumbling block three weeks in a row, well, now it is a choice. It's not just an accidental thing anymore. And now it's proof, you know, the proof is in the handwriting that it is a choice and you're making these same mistakes. But if you don't know that, if you can't visualize it and then also have the authority of of moving your hand with that thought, like it just gives a realness to an idea that is just swimming around in your head. Like I'm no good at this, or I'm not you know, strong enough for this, or I can't get myself over this heartbreak or whatever it is. If you start writing down, like, I can't get over this heartbreak. Well, why do we break up? What were the good things about our relationship? Write about the things you want to talk about and then answer the hard questions. Like what were the characteristics that made this relationship challenging? And there, like, that's the point where you can get to where it's like, if I can look at this thing from all facets, from all angles and look at myself, I can give an accurate placement of guilt I can give an accurate placement of where my role was in this situation, and then I can take ownership of it. And I think with ownership comes a peace of mind. When you own yourself, when you own your actions, when you own your words, it becomes a, pl- a peace of mind because even the things that I was terrible as, uh, as, a, as a father or a son or whatever, looking at them, I can see okay, I did this, not excusing it, but I did this because I was here, because I was thinking these things and I was in this place. I didn't have any money here, so I made this choice or I didn't, you know, I needed money here, so I made that choice. Whatever it is, if you don't know why you're doing the things that you're doing, you are destined to repeat those things on a happenstance. So really understanding yourself starts with understanding yourself. And if you don't do, if you don't know how to do that, or you don't know what it is that you're trying to understand or what you're missing, start writing it down and just analyze, like, why do I have this person in my life? 
how much do I actually love this person? Am I just comfortable with this person? Am I just used to this person being there? Or is this person someone that I need to invest more in? Is this somebody that is looking me in the face and loving me and I am turning my back? So it's got to be, it's got to be honest, but that's why it's a journal. That's why you can tuck it away and hide it away because nobody else has to see it. Nobody else has to understand it. And, and for a lot of people, I think we've become very digital. I've gotten very comfortable using notes on my phone, you know, using that app when I don't have pen and paper. And for some people that may be an easier solution, but I think when you, it's just like anything else, you're a better dieter when you're tracking macros or tracking calories, you're a better training athlete when you're tracking your training. How could you not live better when you're tracking your life? So for me, arming myself with these tools is understanding that I am a broken down palace that needs some repair work and going systematically through a process that, hey, I don't need as much repair work in my emotional space when I do these things. I don't need as much repair work in my physical space when I do these things and so on. Then you can really compartmentalize your life and attack those individual things that need the most attention within those each each one of those categories. Like sometimes mentally, I'm so good that I can just like happy go lucky, turn up the tunes, roll down the windows and forget. But sometimes I, need, I really need to stay focused and do some work. And sometimes that music in the windows down is the exact distraction to what I need to be doing. So I try to take stock of where I'm at all the time. And it, it sounds laborious and it sounds like I'm, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on it. But once you find that rhythm, just like you, you don't have to think very hard to breathe properly because you've done the reps. Just like anything else in life, the reps of your day to day get easier once you build the system into it. Absolutely. That is such good advice. That great advice. Um, and I, I, I want to, I want to talk more with you and thankfully we have more time, but, uh, we do need to pause here so that we can hear from our sponsor Thorn. Hi, this is your host, Dana Santos, the mobility maker. I wanted to talk to you about an overlooked aspect of wellness, practicing mindfulness. Unfortunately, in today's stressed out society, it can be hard to get in the right mindset to find your sense of calm. That's why I'm a big fan of Thorne's stress management solutions. From time-tested botanicals to nutrients that support our body's stress response, Thorne offers unique supplements to help manage your daily stress. For example, take Thorne's Hemp Oil Plus. It's the highest quality hemp stock oil on the market that's formulated with additional ingredients that work together to help you better manage your stress and anxious feelings. Visit mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorne and sign up for a free Thorne account using my referral link to save 20% on my favorite individual Thorne supplements for stress relief and mindfulness. That's mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn. So Brandon, uh, this is the point in the podcast where I, I like to ask about your definition of strength. And for you, I think this is a perfect question because I imagine that how you define strength has definitely evolved over your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, I think when you grow up in a generation of, you know, Rocky Rambo, uh, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and on and on, we, we grew up in a very hero driven culture. And I think that as a young boy, um, I was, I was obviously the appeal was like He-Man and all the superheroes and that kind of stuff. But I think, I identified somewhere in my life that I wanted to be that hero figure. I wanted to be that, and, you know, to use an overused word, but like an alpha male type, not, not in the sense of like false bravado and whatnot, but what it did get me was a lot of false bravado. You know, I, I tried to emulate what the appearance of a big, strong man was without dealing with the little boy that was broken inside, you know, and that's a very dangerous place to be because emotionally I reacted like a child, uh, in relationships, I re reacted and responded like a child. So yeah, I, I put in the work to build this hulking exterior, but I was still that broken, fragile, insecure little boy on the inside. And I know that there's probably a, a group of guys that are, that are eye rolling this, but maybe give yourself a pause and ask, 
do I understand what he's saying without understanding exactly what he's saying? Because I think as men, we are, we are very, very lost in this culture right now as what it means to be a good man, what it really, what is a good man, much along the lines of strength. I think they go hand in hand strength as, as a physical endeavor is awesome. I mean, you, you, you see it. Like when somebody walks in a room, Bill Kazmaier talked about it. And I can remember times when I felt this way too, you walk in a room and the record screeches kind of, you know, like people are like, but the funny thing that I told Bill is I was like, you thought all the girls were looking, but it was the dudes. And that's the truth <laughs> of it. Like the guys are always looking, the girls are like, that's gross, but the guys are looking and you know, it, there's a power in that feeling. There's a, there's some level of that dopamine hit when it's like, okay, I'm the biggest, strongest dude in this room. Like that is stock. Like you, you put value in that, but at the same time, people that were interested in me because of that feature found very little beyond that. That's all I wanted to talk about. That's all I had any, any insight on. That's all I cared about. If you couldn't squat 400 pounds, well, maybe you should start trying kind of mentality. And that's, that's so terrible. Like the things that I look at now for strength are the ability to look somebody in the eye, the ability to be honest when honesty is going to break your own heart. Like having these difficult, challenging conversations, paying your debts because you said you'd pay your debts, like all the little things that somewhere fall in the line of common decency are really the strongest things you can do because we're lacking so much common decency in the world today. I don't think you need to be this, you know, chivalrous, like, you know, musketeer out here running to open every female's door. But at the same time, if there's a female that you care enough about, her life and her well-being and, and just the fact that you want to show respect, maybe that is the door you open. Maybe it's not. But I think having the awareness of who we are, how we think, how we act, and, and really making stronger choices for our lives so that we can maybe, you know, it's where I get a little muddy on some things because people define success so differently. Rob Bailey just had a great video about it. It's actually called Success. Um, it came out on June 27th, whatever the relative date to this airing is. But if you can go back, look at it, and he's talking to this guy on a Sunday. He's like, you came on my page and critiqued me at 12 o'clock on a Sunday, and you tell me that you make money, but you don't have to tell everybody about it. But you just told everybody on my page that you make money, and you don't. And it's like, how, how successful are you if you're telling other people that you're successful? You know, like, I really do believe that, you know, I had to be that big and strong for people to believe I was strong because I was so weak. And here's the thing. I am proof positive that your strengths, the things that you pour your life into. I mean, that's why I get along with soldiers so well is because a lot of them go over there 20 years invested into a career where the second that they get a gunshot wound or the second they hit an IED, their whole life gets turned upside down. And it's like, Hey man, really appreciate you. Go make $15 at Home Depot now, you know? And that's, that's, that's an equivalent that I felt, which was, training so hard to be this champion. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, all the sponsors walk away. Everybody else walks away. Strength in the physical sense did no good for me there. And no, and never outside of a platform did that physical strength ever value my life. You know, people looked at me a certain way, but like, I never had to deadlift a car's end off a child or a woman or a man or anything like, like it was just this thing that, that was cool, but it didn't really impact my life outside of perception strength is reality. Strength is concrete through and through and integrity, holding your word, you know, just being a person that is the same. I think that is the strongest thing you can be is an individual that is the same. Every person you meet, every post you make, every word you speak, every action you take. If you are honest with that and honest in who you are, that is the strongest thing you can be. I, I will say that forever because that bleeds over into every other person you come into contact with. I never inspired anyone I walked past in a mall because I was strong and an asshole. I, I might inspire somebody to be kind because I'm willing to engage a conversation with somebody wearing a, you know, a Korean veteran hat and said, hey, my grandfather served in Korea, you know, and, and this is where he served. So offering, giving in the hopes that maybe they say, man, that was a tough time. It was really tough. And then they tell you something. And if that lightens their load, so be it. But I wasn't trying to be strong to lift others before. Now, seeing other people get better, getting messages from someone that's saying, man, I lost seven pounds this month. Like, I know you can lose more than seven pounds and maybe you might not have lost any. Seven pounds is fucking awesome. That's that's the greatest weight that you can lose. That's exactly how much you should have lost this month. Let's, get, let's go. Let's get another pound. And like, just ur urging people forward urges me forward. It's, it's one of those reciprocating doors that just, the more good that I can share about myself and not in like, look at me, look at me, but like the goodness in my life, 
you know, the goodness that I see, the, the fact that I celebrate every meal that I eat, the fact that I celebrate the people that I'm with, just showing that every day is a celebration is hopefully the, the, the strength that I am giving other people to believe in that. You know, I, I don't know that that's a good definition of what strength is, but I can sure tell you that being strong physically doesn't do a hell of a lot for you or anyone else in the big picture. Now, you know, if you're Thor or Eddie Hall making a million dollar contract or something like that, maybe it's a little different if you're strong, but strength is always important too in a physical sense. I, I think there is a confidence that comes with that, but there's also a dangerous place too where we can start masking our, our weakness with false bravado, false strength. Right. You've given examples of that. And when you just said, you know, you don't know if that's a good definition of strength. That's a great definition of strength uh, for sure. You, you gave so many examples of how that definition of strength transcends. Um, it, well, you explained how being physically strong really doesn't transcend into other aspects of your life. Not, not in a functional way. Um, I mean, since you didn't lift a car off anyone, right. but not in a functional way other than, um, to the end of, you know, being, being more confident, uh, feeling good about yourself, uh, because of that, but that that's a slippery slope. Um, and, mm -hmm. and you explain that too, because you can lose it so quickly. Yeah. And so you, you don't want to rely on that. You don't want to identify with that. You want to be strong in the weaker places. You want to be strong in the smaller places. Like, you know, you pointed out the little things. And I mean, I, I know it's so cliche, but the little things are the big things. Mm -hmm. They really, really are. And you've said this as well earlier on in the podcast. You know, you talked about all these things that we overlook, the fundamentals, uh, these little things. These are all things that we tend to overlook and then can't figure out why we're unhappy mm -hmm. well it's like it's kind of like this you know what's bigger a nail or a piece of plywood right the right. plywood is obviously bigger go build a house without the nails yeah. you know and, and that's what a lot of people fail to do is to secure the things that are going to give stability to their life you know they might have somebody sitting across from them in a relationship that is exactly what they need but they're casting them out because they're giving them the truth you know it's like i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear your you know like blah 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 but maybe that's the best advice they can give. And we're just not being honest with ourselves. So first and foremost, that's why strength is such an individual endeavor, because you can tell me all the things to do. And if I'm not strong enough to do them, then I'm not strong enough to reap the reward either. Like it doesn't matter. And so many times over in my life, I, I knew that I was doing the wrong thing. I knew that I was making the wrong choices, but I kept making them because I wasn't strong enough to make better choices. Bert Soren giving me the exact right advice. I'm doing the opposite. My dad giving me the exact right advice. I'm doing the opposite at times in my life. But that was because I didn't trust myself to continue the momentum of those good decisions. I wasn't strong enough to believe in just one. And I sure as hell didn't know how I was going to get to number two. So it took me a little bit longer to figure out those situations. But that's where it has to start. You have to get honest with yourself. And if you're looking around, I'm broke. I guarantee you, you have either just on the precipice of starting to make a lot of money because you've invested everything and you're rolling for broke or you have terrible financial habits. One of those two realities is real. You know what I mean? So if you're broke, we have to look at the reality of what that situation, if you were spiritually broken, what is your relationship with God? Have you really been seeking God? Have you been talking to anything that is it Buddha? Is it is it the Quran? You know, what it, whatever satisfies you, are you actively seeking this thing you know you're missing? And a lot of times we're not. We are thirsty for so many things, like a dry sponge, but we don't even jump in the water. You know, we fail to do the things that we know will make us better over and over and over. And then we gluttonize ourselves with either food, material, or whatever it is. We're trying to fill these holes. You can't fill holes with air. You just cannot fill holes with air. And you can't keep digging holes at twice the rate you're filling them. You just can't. That strength, yes. filling holes, not digging them. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, Brandon, uh, um, it, you have so many good analogies. I, I, I just, I think that a lot of what you said, I hope that a lot of what you said is resonating with people. Now, I know this is going to be a really hard question, uh, and I, I don't want to narrow it to just one lesson or um, one piece of advice, but if you could just impart one lesson, a couple of lessons, um, an overarching theme for the listeners based on um, all that we've discussed. What, what would you say that that is? So two things. I would, I would seek the answer to these two questions. And Craig Ballantyne asked me one, and then the other one came 
in the waking hours after he asked me that one. So the first question that he asked me was, what is your perfect day? What are you working towards? What are you building towards? When you think about your future, 10, 15, 20, 25, like when you get to the, the, the pinnacle moment of your life, what does that look like? And, and tell me about that, like verbalize that. Because if you don't know, like if you don't, if you get in your car and you're like, I don't know where I'm going, where do you end up? Somewhere, but maybe not where you wanted to go at all. So the other question, you know, in, in regards to what is the perfect day, where did my life fall apart? Like, where was the last time I remembered being happy? And ask that question. And what did my life look like before that moment? Because at, at that moment, when things went off the rails, I guarantee you there's some digging that needs to be done. And if you can start there, when you can identify I was happy and then I wasn't, that's a damn good place to start asking what the hell went wrong. So if you can answer those two ends, I think the, the middle starts to fill itself in a little bit more because when you realize, okay, you know, mom and dad got a divorce, maybe that was the catalyst for my life falling apart. Okay. What got bad after the divorce? Well, I didn't see my dad. I didn't do this. Well, what did that lead to? You know, just start asking one question. I love playing a game of why, like, why did my life fall apart at this point? What happened next? Okay. Why did that impact my life worse? Why did I choose these things? They just keep playing wise till you run out of wise and then ask a different question. You know, that's, that's really the way that I've done it. I don't know if that has any merit for anyone else, but understanding where I want to go and understanding that I do have the capacity in my life to remember, Hey, I was a happy kid. I was a really, really happy kid that thought anything was possible and I could be whatever I wanted to be. So what happened between the day that I fell when my life kind of blew apart and what happened, let's fill it in. And then you start to understand, okay, it wasn't that thing. It was actually that thing that led to that. You know what I mean? It just makes sense of your damn life. I mean, that's the honest, like there's some shit that I don't ever want to talk about. I don't ever want to face down. But if I don't face those things down, those are skeletons in my closet. They will come back to haunt you. I promise every single time. That's why I try to be as clear and open about anything that I can. And, and within limits, like we've been very open about things that I will never talk about on a podcast, but that's because I value you in a way that I don't necessarily trust that information with everybody, but I trust it with myself and I trust it with my circle. I get feedback from my circle and I can apply it to myself. You see what I mean? So I think that's what it is, you know, really invest in yourself, really invest in like, I don't, I don't think so many people know each they know themselves. Like we just don't try to know ourselves. And I know it sounds like so many people want to like, Oh, that's that spiritual work or it's hippy dippy stuff. Listen, I don't care what you call it. If you wake up with a smile on your face and you go to bed without regret or guilt in your head, I'm all for it. Cause like I've done alcohol, I've chased drugs, I've chased women, I've chased every filler and nothing is better than peace of mind. There is nothing better than that feeling. And I think peace of mind comes with understanding who you are, where you are and where you're going. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when you talk about asking why and then, you know, keep asking yourselves these questions to get to know yourself, um, I think that comes back to the theme that that has been throughout a lot of what you're you've been saying is taking ownership of your life. Uh, I mean, we all of the choices that we make and understanding that life isn't just happening. I mean, these are all things that you've, you've said during this past hour, because I think people are afraid to ask why and go through their life in that way because they don't know what to do with the information. You know, they don't, especially if you've had this mindset of life is just happening to me and why did this happen to me? And when they start to unpack that and, and you know, the arrows keep pointing to themselves and choices that they made, they don't know what to do with that information. Well, I'll give you an example. I was just talking to a guy, nice guy. I followed him for a little while, um, never met him, but he's, he's a nice guy. And I, you know, I asked if I could share his story as a reference. Uh, not for this, but just in general. And the fact of the matter is he lives in Eastern Kentucky, very tough place to grow up unless you want to be a coal miner or work in the factories out there. There's just not a lot of industry outside of those things. So he said, man, I need to get the hell out of here. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Need to make more money. Want to buy land. And I said, okay, what are you doing? What's your, what's your plan here? And I was like, well, probably going to end up working at this mine and doing this. And I said, I thought you said you wanted to get out of there. And he was like, well, yeah, but I'd have to leave my family. And, and, and it's like, all these noble excuses started to come out and like, he's not wrong. 
he's not wrong in the fact that he will have to leave his family. He will have to leave the town that he's only ever known. He will have to go to someplace new. He will have to meet new faces and overcome some anxiety about working in a place that he's never been before. Like, yes, guess what? Anything I've ever done that was worth anything was hard you know, anything. So I can guarantee you, you know, and and where he lives, he's an hour from where industry is booming. So, you know, well, I don't have a car, man. Well, guess what? Somebody got from where you are or worse than where you are to that city and got a job and moved up the ranks. And now they're the VP of one of the biggest companies in Kentucky. I know that for a fact, because I know that guy. So don't tell me you can't get there because you don't have a car because he did. You know, don't tell me you can't do this because that guy had a stutter and he worked on his stutter. And now he's leading directions and zooms and all these things. Like if you want anything in this life, you have to start exactly where you are. Admit what you are, admit what you're not and work out from there. Like I guarantee you, if you start looking at your life from the fact that I put myself exactly where I am and then figure out how you got there through the maze of choices and decisions and where you want to go. It's a lot and it's going to be a lot. But if you don't own yourself and you don't own your thoughts, who does? Somebody does because you're thinking things, you're taking actions. So either you're this idle passenger in this meat rocket body or you're taking control of your thoughts, you're taking control of your words, and then you're ultimately taking control of your actions. But you cannot, you cannot get where you want to be, where you desire to be without knowing where you are right now because the compass is off. Exactly. Wow. Well, I think I think we're going to end on that note. But Brandon, I, I want to have you back on the podcast again at some point just because, well, it's another excuse to talk to you. That's <laughs> for sure. Love, I love our conversations and, and it's not a hope. I know that people are going to get a lot out of this. So I really appreciate the time. And on that note, I do want to remind people where they can find you. Um, and yep. We're going to have it in the show notes, but if you could just let them know your Instagram handle. Um, and you have two because, and maybe yeah. explain that a little bit. Okay. So I have, I have two Instagram handles. I do have a YouTube page, but it hasn't been updated in years. I just needed to take a break. And, and the two pages is kind of an explanation of all of it. So I have a bigger following and a bigger page under Brandon Lily three, which was my powerlifting and all that kind of stuff. I update both routinely, but a lot of people followed me that are still following me that don't give two shits about what I do right there. And that's fine. Like I totally get it. You know, that's fine. But I wanted to share a place where I was a little bit more open to my emotion, open to my cooking, open to my passions of, of writing and reading, and maybe all the things that are a little less physical, a little a little bit more on the spiritual, emotional, some physical side. But that Peace, Love, and Meat is the IG page that I would encourage anybody that listened, enjoyed this to follow, because that is where I am trying to do the most open expression of who I am, the most open analyst, analysis of who I am. And share that process of all of it, because even in the in the year and a half, two years that that page has existed, I've changed a lot. And and some of it, you know, is trial by you know trial by fire that worked great, and some of it's trial by fire that blew up in my face. But I'm willing to show it, I'm willing to share it, and I'm willing to keep going because I want my life to be as happy, as positive, and and as fun as it can possibly be without stepping on anybody else's throat in the process. And before, when I was a power lifter, I didn't just want to win. I wanted to tell you I was going to beat you, show you I was going to beat you, and then tell anybody that was with an earshot that I beat you, you know, and that's, that's an exhausting way to live because everything becomes a competition. And really, truly, the only competition we have is ourselves, unless you're in a, like, then there is real competition. But like so many times, oh, I hate that girl because she wore, she wore her hair that way and she has that dress. Or I hate that guy because he's got a six pack. We create competition with people that don't even know they're playing the game. Like we're, we're <laughs> yeah. mad at people that we don't even know who, why we're mad at them other than they're doing something better than we are. And I guarantee you, if you put application, if you, if you gather enough information, you can do anything. Like the greatest thing about this country, and this is my patriotic send off. The greatest thing about this country is that no matter where you are, there is a pathway to whatever you want. If you want to become a doctor and you're a high school dropout and you work at McDonald's with three kids, there are grants, there are funding, there's a pathway because somebody has done it. There's a woman in this town that's done it. So I'm telling you, Get off the sob story, get off the couch and just start taking control. Start asking the right questions, 
if you're asking the same questions now and you're in a place of misery, you're going to get the same answers, more misery. So start asking new questions, start asking the right questions and be more willing to love that person that you're envious of because they know how to do what you want. So ask them, you know, and it may not be as easy, but there is a pathway to whatever you want, however you want to look, however you want to feel, just have to do the work. That is fantastic advice and, um, and a great way to end. Uh, Brandon, thank you again so very much for this. And, uh, I look forward to us talking offline sometime soon. Very soon. Thank you very much. Once again, we'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Thorn. If you like what you heard today and want to support the show, visit the link found in this episode's show notes or simply go to mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorn and sign up for a free Thorn account using my referral link to receive 20% off all future individual Thorn supplement purchases. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. The Real Strong People podcast is available for streaming on your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to join us next time.